Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, February 15th, and this is Blinkers Off. What? Hang on. One, go. Welcome to the Go, baby! <laughs> back to back champs. What's up, Halterman? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I, I can't really hear it, but I, I think it has something to do with the Chiefs. I, I don't know. Just guessing. I don't know. I right. Don't know back to back Super Bowl champs. I'll turn it off. I don't want to run everybody off before we even get started. But hey, right. back to back Super Bowl champs. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. Doing a lot better than I was Sunday night about, oh, nine o'clock. Yeah, Uh, I got I, I, you know, (laughs) it was one of those games as a just somebody that bet the Chiefs, not really a like a diehard fan or anything. I never really thought they were going to lose. But as a fan, I could totally see where you were freaking out. Only the only part of that game, I'll be honest, like I've gotten to a point. I think we've talked about this before on the show. Like I've gotten to a point now where I don't really get too concerned when they're down, right? Mm-hmm. Just because you have number 15. But the only part of that game that I was starting to like, and it was almost just more like a circumstance type thing, like, shit, this is going to happen. Like, whenever the 49ers had the ball, three minutes left, you know, whatever, drive. I was yeah. like, they're going to milk this down all the way and kick a field goal and win. And that's when I started to feel like, like, even though I thought, maybe, you know, we had all that momentum going, they would still steal it that way. So... That's the only part of the game where I thought thought we might lose. Agree. Same. Uh, I I thought that was that was the Once chance. Once we held them though, that mm-hmm. changed. No. Yeah. Uh, I I was I was telling my dad I was was with a couple people that don't really follow it, and when the 49ers kicked it, I said, <laughs> "This game is over." Yeah. They're like, "There's a minute fifty three on the clock. How can you say that?" I was like, "Exactly." It's like the Chiefs are going to go down and win this in regulation or win it in overtime, no doubt this game's over. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, they, it's, it's just like the 49ers had chances to stick the foot on the throat and they couldn't do it. They just weren't quite good enough to do it. Oh man. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess thanks Travis. I know that was, I mean, listen, I, I was saying during the game, even like, and it's easier obviously now, especially on my end, but, um, it's like that game was just at the, you know, I'm with you. It was sloppy at first, but like towards the end, that was like just a classic, classic game. And you're just like both teams, like it's sick that both these teams or one of these teams has to lose it really, because it was just like, you felt for it. Uh, you felt for either side really. Um, and just watching that game, you're like, this is, that's why I kept telling like Cohen, and Cooper, I was like, this is a great game. Like, you guys, this is a fantastic game we're watching. You, it went from, I'm embarrassed that one of these teams are going to be Super Bowl champions to, <laughs> man, they've really earned it. You, you know, yeah. it, it was a really, really horrific game until it wasn't. And then it was really good and entertaining. So you kind of had to get through the, the icky parts of it, I guess, for lack of a better term. But uh yeah, I mean, once it got going, it was like, damn, this, it was just like a, 
it just like flipped and like both teams started making plays for the first time. And then when one did the other did. And so I, I do think you got to really credit both defenses a little bit too. I mean, man, the chiefs obviously, but the 49ers def- defense played better than I thought they would as well. So that was part of the reason why, you know, it was boring is because they were getting stops in that game, both teams. So, but in the end, one team just couldn't get that stop. And, it had more to do with they just have an elite quarterback that just would not be stopped when it mattered. Yeah, that that was. I mean, some of that. Yeah, and I think I saw it a second ago. I had there was a little bit of shades of uh, the Patriots Rams at first. I thought like it, you know we're yeah. just like yeah, this is going to be one like this is just not going to be one of those games that's like super sexy to watch. Yeah, and you know it kind of started to take shape. I think defenses got a little bit tired. Um, but man, you got to give. The first team in NFL history. Now again, there's there's one extra game, um, but you had 20 games. The Chiefs played 20 games this year because they didn't have the bye, and there was an extra game in the regular season. Um, 20 games, first mm-hmm. team to ever go 20 games and held opponents to 28 or less points every single game. Yep. I mean, the defense. They want to get enough credit. I feel like mm-hmm. everyone went into that game about the 49ers defense, but man. They shut them down. I mean, they really shut the 49ers down and held that offense in check. Really, I mean, dude, it took a trick play. And you can say the same about the 49ers defense. I mean, it was, like I said, it was a good game early on, but it took a trick play for them to get in the end zone um, until late in the game. Yep. Yeah. No, they, they won it. They won it. And it wasn't just the Super Bowl. They, they, they won it for them in, in uh, Baltimore. Uh, you know, the in the AFC championship game, Chiefs didn't have to score in the second half, still won. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable that that we're sitting here talking about a Chiefs defense kind of carrying the team and even even through the regular season. So you got to give them a ton of credit, man. They they just continued to come through when they had to do it. And it was just kind of like, hey, we're just buying the offense time until they finally can get the job done. And then they took over once they, they needed to. Well, you mentioned it on dudes uh, who bet earlier. And, you know, I think I had mentioned it before, like it just felt like it, for whatever reason, and I mean, obviously it's playoffs, but it felt like all season, the chiefs leaned on their defense, but not in uh, the way they like, they weren't meaning to, it was like, yeah, they were trying to find their off their offensive old the whole season. And it, in a bit of, several games right yeah. and then when the playoffs started it was almost like okay this is who we are this is not going to be this is not going to fix itself this year mm-hmm. so this is what we're going to do and then it's almost like it became complimenting football on the offensive and defensive side and you saw the offense never looked like the high flying offense that we're used to seeing but they were productive enough and and other than like the Super Bowl, where there was you know the the uh, the bad pick that Mahomes threw and that fumble for Pacheco, for the most part of the playoffs they took care of the ball, and that was a big yeah. part too. Yeah, no, and I think I think you're right, and I think it's a sign of good coaching and and good players to kind of realize, okay, this is who we are, this is how we're going to have to win games, and adjusting and not just doing the same old thing, you know, over and over and over because hey, this is who we are, this is our system. The great coaches know how to adjust. They know how to, you know, make things work. And I think you look at this team and you go, they're really not that good. And it's probably true, yeah. no, but yeah. they're, they're a championship 
team. And then they probably couldn't have done this if it was like this was their first year winning the Super Bowl. They got so much experience and they just know how to win now. And that's the the last kind of the dangerous like part of this, right? Is like they're no longer like the up and comers. They're the established veterans that just know how to win. And it couldn't have been proven any more than it was this season. And it was it was very, very impressive. And there's something to be said too about that, you know, that for sure uh, uh underdog mentality, you know, yep. the three straight games of being quote unquote the underdog and and you know how it is in sports, like with any game, especially in college. But it's like when someone even just you just need the 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 ounce of disbelief out there in the world. Yes. And that locker yep. room will take it and run with it. Yep. They don't believe in us. No one believes in us. We, no one can, we, they, don't, they think we can't do it. Everyone's better than, the, you know, the whole deal. Yep. And they fed off that, you know, no doubt. Yep. There's there's no doubt they. They kind of got rode off, and it was like, wait a second, <laughs> yeah. why are you riding us off? Like, the, the, we're in the playoffs. Like, this thing hasn't even started it, yet, you know. It's already started for next season. The, 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 I don't yeah. think they were off the field yet, and the and the odds come out for next year for the Super, which is way too early, right? But the Super Bowl favorites and the 49ers are the favorites. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, did we not just see this? And we, it, it just we continue to to to. to uh, Oh, they can't do it again. They can't do it again or whatever. You know, no team has ever three-peated. So that's yep. going to be their drive this year or the next year is that. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, I mean, I can't even describe that. I blacked out, I think, for part of the, the uh, part of the game, to be honest with you. It was, it was something else, man. That was, yeah. that was the best. I, 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 I envy people like you. Well, I mean, you did have a bet on it. So, but I mean, the people that just watched the game. Yeah out of pure just entertainment because that was an inner like hell of an entertaining last, especially that last, you know, the two quarters, I guess you count the overtime yeah. where yeah. it was just unbelievable football. Didn't know which way it was going to go. Mm-mm. Weird breaks, you know, whatever, like it just really good coaching for the most part on both sides. I thought uh, other than the, uh, let's, you know, the overtime situation yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like that to me is just wild. <laughs> um, but you know, he did have that big ball ballsy go we went for a fourth down. Um in the, you know, which was like a big, big time play where they could have kicked the field goal tie. And, and so that was a big one, I thought, for him. But um, yeah, dude, that was I watched the mic'd up version of uh, of Super Bowl last night, kind of like where all the players are, you know, it's like 40 minutes long and it's all the highlights, but it's the players talking and stuff, and and whenever uh whenever when the 49ers won the toss in overtime. And they ran off, and Mahomes is running off, and he's like, "They they wanted the ball, they wanted the yeah. ball." Like he couldn't believe yeah. that they wanted the ball. And then they go to the they flash over to the uh, to the sideline of the 49ers, and they're like chatting it up. Like so, the first one well, I can't remember, I don't know who it was, but like so, the first team to score, like we go down and score, we win, right? And like no, 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 and like they didn't know, no, they didn't know, and it's- it, it, I don't know if. It, Shanahan supposedly says that the reason he wanted the ball was because he knew that they, the chiefs would score and like, he wanted the ball, the last chance, like that's third time basically. And I was like, bullshit. Like you don't want to do that because you're giving Mahomes another down. Yep. If if he knows what he has to do, then he's like, okay, it's like a, it's like a really good closer in a a horse race. Like, okay, what do I need to do? Okay. I'll go get it. It's just, that's what he is. If, if you have Mahomes the first time, that fourth and four on their own or on, on your 
you know, 30 or whatever, they might kick the field goal, you know? Yep. yep. I, so, I mean, it's... They probably would, honestly. The way the defense played for the most part of the game, they probably would have. It's pretty funny. I, I watched the show all day yesterday. They had nerd after nerd coming on. Well, the analytics say you still should take it. And I'm just like, this is just so funny that there's going to be people that are watching this and go, yeah, they did do the right thing. And it's that's, like, that's, when you that's, look that's, at the opponent... That they're putting that out there. It's incredible that people are defending it and people are saying, oh, they knew the rules. No, they didn't. But when you have a team on the other side going, oh, my God, they took it. Are you serious? Why did they do that? You know, I, I saw an interview with Kelsey and he said, I just ran over the defense, said, just hold them to three. The game's over. They just made a huge mistake. And like you said, you go over to their side and it's like, what's a, what? What happened? What? We don't win if we score like it. <laughs> The guy, the, the coin toss, uh, the ref at the coin toss when they when San Francisco yeah. won it and said we want the ball. He goes, "Are you sure?" Well, he goes, <laughs> "We like, want yeah. the ball." He goes, "You want the ball?" And he was like, "Okay, you know, like uh, all right, you know." And Mahomes quickly was like, "We'll go that way. We'll go that. We'll kick it that yeah. way." You know? He was like, yeah. "Get out of here before he changes his mind." Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it and like I, yeah, like I. The other thing too about it is that you don't. If you're playing, I'm trying to use who would I think who would I compare him to? Maybe if this if it's Purdy on the other side, like if he's on the other side, you know, or Jordan Love, or say, or something like that, young younger player, good, but you're still younger and, and kind of not maybe not like you know a superstar type of player. Then I see maybe the, the logic behind taking the ball first, putting the pressure onto them now. Mm-hmm. You know, making them know what they have to do and the pressure, you know what I mean? But in this case, it's like, you know, you basically are have to account for the fact that Mahomes is going to score. Like, yeah. he is going to do, you know, so you might as well get your benefit of the extra down. And in the rare case that you guys do stop him and get three, yep. something to three, or even a turnover or something, then you yep. know what you have to do. It just, there's no playing against Mahomes, you never, ever want him to have the ball with dictating what's going to happen. Absolutely. You said it. And that's, that's the truth. That's the whole truth of it. And, and you look at college, they always, if you win the toss, you're on defense first, like they always choose defense first. So, and that's, it's for the same reason you talked about And you're right. Maybe there are situations where you take it, but uh, I failed to see what that advantage is, you know? So, even when it's not Mahomes on the other side, which is the obvious, you know. So, yeah, I mean, they made a huge mistake. And, but again, this, though, was I the only one? I mean, until Romo said it, like, I know there's had to be people that knew, but I didn't realize there was another quarter in in the overtime. You know what I mean? As like, far as they were there when they, whenever yeah. we scored and won, and the clock's ticking, I'm like, what are we doing? Like call time. Cause I thought if it ends and we're down, you know, like in normal overtime, if it ends and you're losing, then it's, it's over. over. But then I didn't realize like the possession still continues into the next, because that is our first possession. But I just, a lot of weird stuff just with that in itself. I was, you know, my, you know, obviously the pressure of us getting ready to score. Yeah. The clock's running down. It was, what are they doing? What are they doing? You know? See, I, I was the same. I was like, they're going to mess around and have to kick it you know, because yeah. they're going to run out of time. But yeah, I did not, I did not know that either. Uh, Cause I was the same way as you. I thought, well, they'll tie if it's tied. Sure. But if, if this expires and it's 22 to 19, the game's over. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So and I was a lot of the and a lot of the reactions I've seen around just from fans and stuff watching the game, like all kind of were like, "What are they doing?" You know. So yeah. um, you could tell it's a it was a new brain, and it's funny too. The Chiefs are the one that made this rule change, um, and then yep. yet again it <laughs> it backfired for the team they were playing. So. Yeah. It's kind of funny how that works, but all right, guys. Yeah, I'm, we won't talk about the Super Bowl the whole game. If you guys want to get more into you know details, watch uh, Papa Dude and Halterman talked about the full game in detail on Dudes Who Bet Sports that just went uh, live. Uh, what was it like an hour or two ago? So make sure you yeah. check out the podcast version of that or go watch it on a YouTube channel. But um, we'll get right into it, guys. On today's show, we are going to uh, it's Risen Star Week, and uh, that means we're into the 50 point races officially. Whereas Risen Star kicks off the first 50-point prep race of the 2024 Kentucky Derby season. They were given some rapid-fire selections for the Rachel Alexander, which is an Oaks race. The Mineshaft, which is a hell of an older horse race at Fairgrounds. And the Sunland Derby on Sunday at Sunland Park. Let's go! Yeah, man. It's, uh... We were... We had like the whole fam over here and they won. We were, I mean, I think whenever they, I, I caught it on camera when I, we, when we won like a Marine camera or whatever, like, I think I almost literally jumped into my dad's arms. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was as close as it could. I mean, it almost like cradle be like, a, you know, I was just, we were freaking out and we were running outside screaming and honking <laughs> horns around. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it's so funny, you know, like for us, you know, you, you know, like all your neighborhoods are Super Bowl Sunday. It's like, you start seeing the gather, you know, everyone's, it's just amazing to see like everybody in our whole oh yeah area. I mean the whole world, but the whole area, our particular area is, you know, every single soul is watching that game. And I did see that it was the most, did I see that the most televised event since the moon landing? I think it was. Think yeah. Was it was nuts. How many people watched that? Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, hundred and uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Hundred sixteen million, I thought, but I mean, could see, could be way the graphic, off. Shoddy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, he's got yeah. two of the race. Which one is it? Which one yeah. is it? You can tell he's he's he, he doesn't know which one's going to be based off of that. And they're off. And the Risen Star Stakes Saturday at. Fairgrounds race number 14. It's the Risen Star Stakes. It's grade two with 400K going a mile and eight for three year olds. Uh, field of 12 lines up for this derby prep. And again, it is the first official 50 point race of our 2024 Kentucky Derby se- season. 50 points to the winner 25, 15, 10, 5 for your top five finishers. So, really, you obviously, if you win, you're in. There's no doubt about that. And a horse like Track Phantom, I mean, he's basically in already. Um, but 25 points even for the second horse is, is going to give you some points uh, to work with as we get closer um, to the Kentucky Derby. So the very valuable race here, Halterman. And again, like I, uh, like I showed in the graphic a second ago, you've got two Aspison horses lining up here, but you know, you're getting some ex- also some, uh, some other attention in the race. But the two Aspisons got to give Track Phantom the credit first, seven to two morning line favorite, but pretty soft favorite really. But you know, hasn't really done much wrong, especially here on this circuit. And then you got the 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 newcomer, the Hall of Fame horse, uh, six to one on Hall of Fame, which is kind of a wild price. But this horse looked unbelievable last time out. So you got the two Aspisons, but you also have some interesting, uh, you know, Sierra Leone in here. Like, you know, what is Moonlight 
Roman Violin is an interesting horse. Catching Freedom, who looked awesome at Oakland, which is bold for Brad Cox to send here. Uh, Cardinal, I mean, there, there's a bunch of horses in here that you theoretically could see winning this race. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the race of the year so far on the Derby Trail, no doubt about it. A lot of different ways you can kind of go, a lot of angles you can take. Um, look, I, I'll be the first to admit uh, I am a little worried I'm one race too soon on this horse, but I took number seven Hall of Fame on top. Um, look, maybe he needs a little more experience. Maybe he gets it here and he's more you know, prepared, ready, whatever for the next one. But you just watch the replays back, man. I think the, I think he's got the most talent. So I, I think the seven hall of fame is going to be really tough in here. Six to one, man, if we can get it, that's, that's fine with me. Right. <laughs> that'll, that'll be just fine. Um, I, I think, yeah, you are taking that risk of, ah, oh, maybe he's just not, you know, prepared. Maybe he's just not quite ready to take these on. But I know a lot of people that are going to bet Sierra Leone, and he only has two races as well. So, you know, I think at this stage of the game, a lot of them kind of don't have a ton of races under their belt. So I, I am worried it may be one race too soon, but I think Hall of Fame's the real deal. So I took him on top. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to compare, you know, if you're comparing the four uh, Sierra Leone and, and seven Hall of Fame, I, I'm I'm probably taking Hall of Fame. You know, if you're talking about going in that regard, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm on the fence with him. Not not meaning like I do think Hall of Fame is like going to be legit. Like he is legit, but I you know you do wonder is it a little too much too soon um you know could he run a really big race but just you know maybe get in trouble or whatever you know he hasn't really had much <clears throat> to you know anything go wrong necessarily for him yet so but it does give you some confidence that you know here you have track phantom who's been like i said is you know rattled off three straight wins and has been awesome at fairgrounds and these two preps leading up to this one and it's like okay now ask me some runs this horse too right you know so it's like they're not worried so to me, it tells me that this horse is live. I I can't believe we'd get six to one on him. Like that just seems like a. I I feel like he's going to be bet down to like seven to two or something. Well, Sierra Leone is going to take a ton of money. I feel like though, and I I feel like Track Phantom is going to take money too. So, is it mathematically possible that he's going to be seven to two or four to one if those two things happen? I'm not sure. Um, Six to one does seem like a dream. Five to one. I'm gonna have to. I'm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to plan my bets with that lot, like in case that happens. Because if he is, because I'm not gonna pick him on top for this show. But if he's at five to one and they're getting close close to the gate, I'm gonna have to adjust some things. You know what I mean? Because I think the value is way too much there for that. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I. Uh, and I think that's, I do think he's going to be the third choice. I really do. I, I think, I don't think he'll get bet better than track Phantom or Sierra Leone. And I, in a way you do kind of feel a little, at least I do like, when am I just going to pick track Phantom and forget it? You know, like I tried to beat him the last two races and that wasn't yeah, even close to happening. So look, if he's seven to two coming off a seven to five win in the prep race for this one. Yeah. He makes sense. I can't argue with anybody. Yeah, he's he's a, one of those that I'm like, I'm just going to continue to try to beat him kind of horse. And I I might <laughs> I might lose a lot of money with it because yeah, it hasn't worked so far. I've tried to beat him in, you know, his, in the Gunrunner and the Lecompte and 
you know, honestly, we, you and I, I think both picked Nash last time out and, and thought, you know, I really thought he, everything that could go right did right for Nash. Yep. He just couldn't beat him. So, um, might be interesting to see what Nash does in the, in earlier on the card on, in that allowance race too. That might at least give you a little bit of confidence one way or another, but, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I'll go to my pick, or at least who I'm uh, leaning up, leaning towards on top here, and I'm going to go with the eight catching freedom for Brad Cox. He just is a horse that has that kind of Brad Cox vibe of like, hey, didn't really know how good he was, but he continues to run him in these races and continues to get better. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, never was like super hyped up, but at the same time, keeps getting spotted well running better each time. And that's what he's been doing. I mean, you look at that Smarty Jones, he had ton. I mean, he was so green in that race, but you could tell he had a ton of talent. You know, once he figured out to, to run straight in the stretch, yeah. he, he, I mean, he zipped on by him one by multiple links and you're know, going away, going longer, uh, you know, not an issue. And I'd like, I, I, to me, I like the fact that, I mean, to, that Brad is running him here. Right. I think that's an interesting move. The fact that he said, Hey, we're leaving Oakland. We're going to the fairgrounds to run him in this big race. Luis Saez has the mount, which is a great sign. You know, that's his guy, Brad Cox. They team up for almost 40%. So to me, catching freedom, if I can get anywhere near that five to one, this is a horse that's been, as has been a, you know, you know, close to an even money uh, favorite in all three of his races. If I can get anywhere around five to one, I'm taking it. I think you're going to get it. You may take, you may get more than that. I I really believe you might. I am so on the fence with him. It's incredible. Um, at, at at times, I was like, I think I'm going to put him on top. And at times, it's like I may leave him off the top four. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think the race should set up really well for him, and that's why at the end of the day, I left him in the top four because I think this race it sets up pretty well for a closer. Um. But the one thing, Aspusen kind of has the controlling speed with the seven and the eleven Hall of Fame track phantom. Does he really go balls of the wall with both these horses again, like he did in the Southwest? Like, I think that's the one thing Baffert has learned to do that, like Aspusen and Cox hasn't learned. Like, you got two speed horses, set it up for the one he thinks best. <laughs> you know, yeah. run the blocker, that kind of thing. You don't really see it, so. I don't know. I, I think the pace situation is interesting because Aspusen does kind of hold the cards there. Um, that being said, like if it does kind of get pretty fast up front, catching freedom's got to be a prime time horse to play. Yeah, there's just this feels like and I know we keep it feels like we do keep saying it too, right? Because it's like, oh, there's speed in this one, and it's gonna you know Nash is gonna give him trouble this time, and. He's going to go, we know he's going to go to the lead this time or whatever. I mean, we know pretty certain now at this point that track phantom is going to go and get to the lead, but just feels like a horse like Cardinal, uh, even B dancer. I don't know if he's fast enough, but he could be. Um, there's a few in here to me that are going to make, you know, hall of fame is certainly not going to be, I think he's going to be closer to that last race than he was in his, in his debut. Right. Um, yeah. But he's not going to be on it. I wouldn't think you're like you said. You're not going to be pressing each other. But I just think you're going longer. You're going to mile and eight. It's going to be a more honest pace. There's reasons to think 
that this race is going to set up. And into that, we can just move on to the four Sierra Leone. I mean, you talk about a horse setting it up for, theoretically, it should set up great for the four. You know, Sierra Leone has been, you know, very slow early on in his races and then comes flying late in the last of his races. Last out was the Rims in a mile and eighth as well, nearly beaten Dornick, who we have not yet seen come back. But, you know, obviously probably a top 10 horse at this moment. Um, yeah, Sierra Leone is a $2.3 million horse. Obviously, they have a ton of high hopes for this one. He's one that, you know, ran a huge race that last race. If this race were to melt down, I mean, you he should be coming, right? Yeah, he's one you definitely, it's always going to benefit from a pace uh, battle up front. Man, I, I'm on the fence a little bit with him, too. I really love him. You know, just as a horse, I think I think he's got a tremendous turn of foot. I think he's got talent. But you've seen this pattern with Brown when he has a derby horse that first race back usually isn't very good as a three year old. And then the second race, you really see that progression. You really see that step forward. You know, you think about Good Magic, who was not good and then went on to win the Bluegrass. You think about Zandon, who was not good, well, ran in this race and was like third, came back and won the Bluegrass. And, you know, and maybe not good is too general of a term, but uh, you know what I'm trying to say. And, and I kind of feel like we may get that from Sierra Leone again. He runs okay. He doesn't embarrass himself. Then the next race, we're going to see him run, you know, pretty, pretty well. I think that's kind of my worry with him, but on the flip side, I think he's pretty good, right? I think he's, I yeah. think he's pretty darn good. And I, I think maybe he, he could win this race, even if he isn't really ready to fire the biggest one. Yeah. And, and KS, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm, I'm at a point with, with the Pletcher horses right now, where I'm just like, I, I can't do anything with them yet. You know, I just feel like we need, even, you know, you look at the, the, the same F Davis, you know, and you, well, you know, turf horse closes for a second, you know, like it just, I have no feel for what three-year-olds he has right now that are, you can depend on. So to me, if not, while I'm not going to be shocked if any of his three-year-olds were to win a prep race, because that's what they do. I, I don't know how you bet them right now. I, I, cause I have no feel for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't really do that where I generalize like the whole barn. Uh, you know, I think, I think fierceness and life talk certainly. Yeah. I don't know how you explain it. It was super bad, but you know, agate road ran pretty well. Um, you know, I, I don't know, uh, that I'm going to hold it against all of his horses, but at the same time, if fierceness won that race and, and life talk won that race, I mean, would it really increase your confidence in the Pletcher horses here? I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, like, I don't know what, I don't know what that really says. I, I think sometimes when you got a bunch of horses, you go through kind of bad breaks and kind of slumps here and there. And these races really aren't easy to win to begin with. So I wouldn't ride him off just yet. I wouldn't toss all of his horses, but I, I get why you would kind of tread lightly, but you know, he's got a bunch on this card and I think he's going to win a few. So we'll kind of see how it shakes out. And every week is a little bit different. I, I've been trying to say for a while, the way horses are trained now, this shit really hasn't even started, but you know what? It is kind of starting here because now we're in the win and you're in basically portion of this thing. 
the 20 points are over except for the kind of those, you know, Sunland Derby type races, little weird ones. Right. Yeah. Well, you have, I mean, you know, Sierra Leone is, is the perfect example of, and it's the kind of horses that we're going to start seeing, um, you know, in these preps here, like moving forward, like you said, you know, Sierra Leone is a horse that we haven't seen since December. He's they're making their debut here, right? This is like yep. their start of their stretch towards the Kentucky Derby. And obviously make no mistake, second, the rims and by a nose, they are planning to go to the Kentucky Derby. So, you know, we're going to start seeing these horses show up yep. in these big spots, the one, you know, and, and maybe help this thing take a little more shape. But um, for this one here, Halterman, who's your pick and why? Yeah, let me, I just want to say one thing. And you, you touched on something that is the key thing about racing right now. It used to be, even when we started, it used to be running all the preps, try to get all the earnings or, or points, running everything. Mm. It literally now is everything is planned out towards that last prep. If they run well and get the points to get in, great. If not, we're not worried about it. So it has really changed in that regard. Okay, top pick is going to be number seven, Hall of Fame. Uh, I, listen, I, I think... I think he's the most talented horse in the race. I'll start with that. I the, My big worry is maybe I'm a race too early. Maybe he doesn't have, you know, uh, the experience. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to get forwardly placed. He's going to get out there. If he turns for home with as much juice as he did last time, I think he's going to be really tough. That pace was fast last time, and he didn't really stop, and he set right off of it. So I'm going to give number seven Hall of Fame the top nod. Yeah, I... I'm going to be, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's bet hard in this race because if he sits, if he floats at all, I'm going to be like, oh crap, I'm going to have to bet this horse. I'm going to take the eight catching freedom. That's my top pick in the race. Um, again, I just, like I said earlier, I just have a feel uh, that this horse is kind of that Brad Cox horse that just continues to get better with each start. I love the fact that this horse is, uh, is stretching out to a little bit longer and that Brad has sent the horse out here for this race. Um, versus staying home. At least Saez gets them out. I think the race will set up uh, perfect for him, like you mentioned earlier. He's gotten better with each and every star. He's working well. I mean, there's not a lot of reasons to to not like him, in my opinion. You just got to hope he's good enough. That's the, that's the question mark. But I think you have that situation with almost all of them, really, in this race. So uh, give me the eight catching freedom. Let's hope we can catch five to one or more. All right. Uh, you know, this is, we finally have a race that we can do this and, and it, it might mean something. Yeah. Um, uh, hang on. I have not made my line. Uh, the line will be, uh, cause you got two, they're three. Gotta go two and a half. I'll go over two and a half over under for the horses that will run in the Kentucky Derby out of this race. Yeah, I'm going to go over because I, I have faith that Brown will get Sierra Leone there. Um, Aspuson's going to get at least one of these horses there. Um, and then, I, you know, if not both of them. So, yeah, I'm going to go over. I, I really think it goes over. I almost said three and a half. Would you said under? Yeah, three's probably like the good number where you feel good. If you if you got to say four, I still, I would probably go under if you said three and a half. I, th I think three is probably where I'm at. Yeah, two and a half. I mean, because it's really, listen, you're really just banking. If you if you go over two and a half, you're just you know you're really banking on the fact that the top two finishers, whoever that might be in this race, are healthy, right? They stay healthy yeah. into the Derby, and that's really all you need for them to do at that point. And then past that, you just need one horse, one you know, one horse to get in. And so 
if it's you know for, uh, another case would be if track phantom were to you know for some reason not run well and get third or something well he's got the points right i mean yeah. he's, he's probably going to get in so he that that would still up the three so yeah i think it's probably over as well three and a half is is where i was going to go and i think it becomes oh i think i would i think i'd go under just it's too early february 15 you know 17th when they run it's too early to go four horses out of it i think so yeah and one thing you always got to factor in is uh, and, and nobody really wants to and i understand why it's not that great of a subject but the injuries right there might be four horses you look at and go well they should be in the derby but who's going to actually make it there it's a it's definitely a battle to just make it there well let's look at last year's just uh, you know I'm trying to think. Um, Angel of Empire won. Yep. Two fields was third. Yep. So there's two. Tappet's Conquest, Single Ruler, Harlow Cap, Croopy, Curly Jack, Victory Formation, Shaq Diesel, Silver mm-hmm. Heist, Private Creed, Determinately Quiet as Midnight. Uh, so just two out of last two. year's. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, the year Epicenter. Uh, Epicenter, Smile Happy, Zandon. So Zandon was in there. Pioneer Medina, Tawny Port, Slow Down Andy. Well, a bunch of them then. So they had a bunch that year. Yeah. So yeah, over is, over is probably the bet. So, all right, guys, uh, that's a that's a wrap for the Risen Star. I'm going to go with the eight, Catching Freedom. Halterman's got the seven, Hall of Fame. You know that, that uh, Epicenter one, that reminds me a lot of this one. It really does. When you look at the trainers and you look where they're like, people are, are people. Horses are coming from everywhere. It's kind of what this is. Zandon with the Sierra Leone and and Epicenter yeah. with the Track Phantom, maybe you know, like there's some similarities for sure. Yeah. I wonder too. Like I think I'm just I'm just uh, burned a little bit off of the um, who was the horse? I sh- I, I, there's a reason why I forget it because he was awful. The horse I drafted in first last year. Uh, Echo, oh, no, uh, not of course you drafted in first. Uh, the Aspieson horse that was freaky at first, and oh, uh, what's his name? The Triple Crown winner. Oh, Extra Neo. Yeah, Extra Neo. I have a little of uh, I have a little uh, Extra Neo uh, vibes yeah. from not really vibes, but I think I'm just like I'm reluctant when I look at Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's a little different circumstances though. Yeah, no, I and I think. I think, yeah, I, that's, I mean, it, it, listen, I think the good news is like he did it a couple of weeks ago. Like, you know, he's healthy, you know, he's, you know, on target. Yeah. So that's the good sure, news. Neho, poor guy. Hang on a second. I got to get him some water. Okay. Poor guy's been partying too hard. It's parched. Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't really. Compare Hall of Fame to Extra Neho. It's a three-year-old win versus a two-year-old win, but look, it's still Aspiusen. It's still a flashy horse, and we'll see. And that's why I kind of like, yeah, I'm picking him. But I get that you're look. You might be looking at it and go, I don't know. I don't know if he's ready for that. And that's that's kind of the the risk you take. And hopefully, we get the price we want. You know, if a horse like that gets bet down to like three to one, five to two, then you kind of like, yeah, that may not be worth it, but. Six to one, five to one is probably worth uh, giving him a shot, at least for me. So, but uh, we shall see. Yeah, Echo, Echo again, Shoddy mentions that one. That's another one they kept trying to go two turns with. 
kind of ruined that horse. Uh, but I'm, I don't know. That was just one that was one early. I'm not sh- really sure how good he ever was. So it's weird. So he's a, he was a weird one for sure. Big, pretty gray horse though, man. Who makes your nail? Uh, no, we were talking about echo again. Oh yeah. Who was just a monster that day at, uh, Saratoga as a two-year-old and just did not ever do anything again. I know, man. And that's to that point and to, to Curtis's point here, they thought that was their best two-year-old that you just really, and I've learned this just recently within the last year, you just can't listen to anything because they, the, the bottom line is they don't know. Yeah. They don't know how they're going to develop the two-year-olds and three-year-olds. They, they, they might be good when they get them, but do they develop, you know, do they get injured? You know, all this kind of stuff. There's always, you know, there's always caveats to it too. After the fact, it's always like, well, he just, he was kind of, he's just a little too goofy or he, or he just couldn't stay healthy or or whatever, you know, it's like they see what he does on the track. And then it's like, like in the mornings. And then it's like, well, let's see what he does in the afternoons. And sometimes it's not so good. Yep. You do, you really do just have to ignore it a lot of times, uh, all the time, all the time. Listen, Cox was sitting there saying, uh, like in late December, Cox was saying, oh, Nash is by far the best thing I've got. Oh, yeah. And he's not even in this race, and he got a prep winner in the race. So, I mean, they don't know. They just don't know what's going to happen, um, you know, really from week to week with these two- and three-year-olds. it's It can get crazy. So, you can't, you know, you just can't, you can't get too wrapped up in what they say. All right, guys, time for Rapid Fire presented by the Risen Star Betting Bible. That's right. The Risen Star Betting Bible is available for sale right now. RacingDudes.com. Go get your hands on that. Uh, we've got every single race covered in the Betting Bible. 14 races on the card. Huge card at Fairgrounds on Saturday. All and I's bets for the entire card are included in this thing as well. We, uh, we killed the uh, Breeders' Cup 80% ROI. The Pegasus had a 50% ROI. So go get your hands on that. We got race-by-race, race, pace analysis, multi-race tickets, top four consensus picks, not just from us, but from everybody at RacingDudes.com. So if you want the full in-depth uh, guide to uh, to hopefully help you cash big, which is, it's a, let's be clear, it's a very, very good card. It's a very, very tough card. Halterman, I'll let you take that one for a second. But my my from my betting perspective, it's going to be lighter on terms of my overall. You know, if you guys follow me a lot of times, like you like for instance last week, um, I pounded like three or four exactus. I'm talking like fifty dollars straight exactus because that's the way I saw the card. You know, obviously I, <laughs> I was wrong a few times, but the point is. That's the way I saw it. Whereas this feels like a card where it's like, you don't have to bet huge. You need to just be right. And so I'm going to be more swinging at, at, uh, at bigger payouts with smaller bets. I totally agree. Uh, I'm, I'm almost the, the odds just came out like this morning. So once we get off of here, I will finalize what I'm doing, but I kind of glanced at the odds and they kind of were what I thought. So I pretty much got my, uh, wagering uh, recommendations done. This is going to be the least amount I've ever bet on one of these, but it might be the most potential for return. Yeah. Um, 
and why I've set it up that way, if I wipe out, um, I don't want to lose a ton on this card because this is a toughie. Which, is, Every, let's be clear, is very possible. Right? Yes. Every race is tough, and so I want to set it up where if I go over, we're not losing a ton of money on this thing. Where, For example, the, the amount of money I bet on Warm Heart may be 80% of my bankroll total on this card. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean this isn't a good card to play. It's actually quite the opposite. It means you don't have to risk a ton of money on this card to make a good amount of money. So, for example, I may have six or seven bets. They may be $20, maybe the, the most I bet. But that $20 bet might return 140 bucks, And it doesn't really, it isn't going to be a complicated wager. So that's kind of... It's how I saw it before the odds, and then the odds came out, and I was relieved because sometimes you get in a situation where your picks, it's like, oh, shit, they're too low of prices. I got to try to create around horses I don't love. This card, honestly, it's like I don't love anybody on the card, but I'm getting the odds I want on all these horses. I can throw little amounts, and if I if they come in how I see, it's going to be great. So it's, it's really a low-risk, high-reward type of card for me, and that's... You know, probably my favorite is when you have a warm heart that you just love. I, that's probably my favorite setup. But this is probably second, you know, where it's yeah. like, look, don't have to bet a ton. The prices are there. Just got to get one or two of these home and it's going to be a good day. Well, let's be honest. I mean, with those kind of cards, you have to be right way more. Yeah. Because, you know, if you if you press warm heart like we both did and we're wrong about her. Well, there goes no matter what you do for the rest of that card, you're, you're out, you know, basically, because yeah. you 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 believe that, you know, she's the strongest opinion on the card and she was. But in this case, you, you know, it's like the Breeders' Cup or something. You, you just got to be right once, really. And, and at least yeah. it should get you good, you know, good for the day. So yep. it definitely feels like that kind of card for me. Um, 14 races as well. So you've got, I mean, we don't, you typically bet every single race. That's one thing about the Bible. You know, we, we, we take the spots. So, uh, but 14 races to pick from big fields, uh, should be that kind of day. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I'll be honest. I hated the last one we did. I didn't think I would coming into it, but I, I always hate the one where I look at my picks and I was like, damn, this is really chalky. Like there's not any spots where I can maybe steal one for lack of a better word. Like I'm have to be right a lot. And then. Yeah. When you're not r really right on those, you look really dumb. And that's, I hate those the most. So I like this one better than the last one. Anyways, yeah, fierceness kind of, I mean, I, I was going into that. I was good all the way up. I mean, not good, but I was kind of like, I'd go down, I'd go up, I'd go down, I'd go up. It's kind of even. And then really had everything riding on, on fierceness. And, yeah. And uh, that didn't work out. So, no. Anyways, uh, all right, guys, let's get to uh, rapid fire here. We're going to do three races, uh, two fairgrounds, one on Sunday. It's on the park. Let's go back in the card a little bit on Saturday. Race 11, the Mindshaft Stakes. This is at fairgrounds. Uh, grade three, worth uh, 250K going to mile 16th. This is a, we talked a lot some about, about some of these horses when we were talking about past, you know, three-year-old, you know, those great horses that have won, who ran and what. You got a field of uh, older horses, Halterman, who, really need no introduction necessarily red route one you know five to one best actor at three to one four to one in gasoline you've got a ton at eight to one it seems like happy american money uh, money supply whnl smile happy's in here after just a terrible effort last time out off the off the layoff 
Where are you going here? You know, Dennis totally just stole what I was going to say. I went number three best actor. I'll just read it word for word because this is what I was going to say. This race is scary because you know best actor is the second or third best Cox, but we'll have lone speed, and you've seen the horse be really good at being the second and third best Cox. So the, the biggest key for me, that lone speed, man, I, I don't know who's really going to challenge him, and that makes uh, betting on a horse like Red Route 1 very tough to win because it's like he's going to need somebody to kind of go get him. I, I, think the, I think the key of the whole thing is we have seen Smile Happy be able to be a little bit forwardly placed every now and then if smile happy shows up with like the a plus race he's probably just a little bit better than this group but can you trust him and do you want to trust him that's why i jumped onto the three and not the nine yeah yeah i'll be honest though i am i wouldn't say nervous but i'm i'm hesitant with the distance for the three not not really he's gotten it right he's won he won the smarty jones at a mile 16th that was a couple years ago obviously but ever since then it's like okay they've been really keying in on the seven furlongs in a mile race with him and now they're stretching them back out not saying he can't get it fairgrounds got a long stretch man and so i'm just a little weary of him kind of holding on but he again he is alone speed i get that angle completely i'm gonna go it's that to me, it's this kind of this is the kind of race it is. Like, I'll be playing the three, no doubt. But the horse I'll be playing on top here is the seven money supply for Joe Sharp. This horse has got to be coming into this race as the hottest horse in the race. He's won four in a row. Uh, he's kind of been traveling all over to, to do it as well. I mean, that's what's been so interesting about him. It's not like he's been running at you know some tiny circuit and winning races. He's won at Churchill Downs, he's won at Fairgrounds, and he's won at Oakland Park. He's won at a mile 16th. He's won at a mile and eighth. He's won, you know, really where they've asked him. And he's beat a lot of horses that have come back to win. Notaries in this race who came back to win. Frosty Grace, two back, came back to win. Arrow Smash, three back, Vanishing, three back. He's St. Elmo. I mean, there's a ton of horses that came back to win who he beat. And Joe just seems like, I mean, I don't know what Joe's doing, but he seems like he's got the horse running really, really well. And if you get anywhere near the eight to one, which I think he could because I mean, all the names that are in this race, you know, you know, Red Route Run will take money. Best Actor obviously will take money. Uh, Smile Happy will take money. You might get a lot of that price. So uh, I'm going to go with the upsetter here. Number seven, Money Supply. I like it. I I, uh, remember when Joe Sharp got him, he he ran that race at Saratoga and got beat just barely by Mystical Curlin, but they were well clear of everybody else. I thought, oh, he, he ran big and he's backed it up. I mean, it's a it's a jump up, but is it really a jump up? You know, like, yeah, the three and the nine are probably a little better, but come on. It's funny, too. It's like with with uh, with Chad, it was the last couple of races before we got to to Joe. It was like eighth, fifth, third. So, I mean, not. <laughs> yeah. Now the horse looks like he's secretariat out there. So. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, let's go to race number 13, the Rachel Alexander Stakes. This is, uh, it's a great two. We're 300K going to mile 16 for Phillies three-year-olds, and it is a Kentucky Oaks prep race. 50, 25, 15, 10, 5 for your top five finishers. Field of seven shows up for this one. And really, dude, like, other than perfect shot, which, I mean, is a 10 to 1, there, this is, <laughs> it's a wide open race. I know there's some good horses in here, but uh, Tarifa at 5 to 1, I thought looked 
human, like for lack of a better word, last time. Right. Well, you know, wasn't like the superstar that I thought she might be. Alpine Princess seven to two, VV's Dream five to two, West Omaha nine to two. Bryn Walsh is in, in, intricate at, at three to one. I mean, dude, it's it truly is like take your pick. Yeah, and I'm not picking any of them to win. <laughs> like I'm not betting <laughs> any passing. of them to win. I should say he's passing. I hate this race. It, it, it maybe it is one of those where I'm just overlooking something, but. I went with number two, Pinnock, on top. I think this horse is loose on the lead, and I think it can take him a long, long ways. And I'm with you. I don't think anything behind the two is going to be that great. That being said, I'm sure the two will get caught but by some, well, somebody. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, tell me who's really good in this race. I, I almost picked the seven West Omaha. That's probably the smart pick. May end up changing it before the Bible comes out. Uh, I said, I did the video on this one. I was like, I may change this three or four times because this ain't great. Like this, this is a rough, rough race. Well, dude, I, I think you, you said, you know, pin it, go to the lead and, and very well she could. Um, but I'm, I think the five Alpine princess is going to have something to say about that. You know, this is yeah. a horse that's been forwardly placed the last couple efforts and kind of shown like that she can run, you know, the first three races of her, of her career weren't all that to, you know, to ride home about. And then the last two, the horse has not only looked better, but has gone off the favorite, has been bet like the favorite, beat West Omaha last time out. Um, and Alpine Princess has done it just the right way the last two times. You know, one off the lead, but was, you know, up there a lot more than she had been in the last couple. And then uh, the last time out went gate to wire and, and the untappable and really looked, really looked tough, I thought, that day. So... Uh, Drew back to ride for uh, for Brad here and, and, and staying aboard. Alpine Princess to me, uh, that day, whenever she won the Untappable, I was like, I was kind of impressed with that effort. You know, just kind of back, you know, backed off that West Omaha, wouldn't let her get by. So give me the five Alpine Princess. I think she could be the one that, uh, you know, if it's not the two that's either right there on the lead or very close to the lead that the rest of them can't catch. Yeah, I may end up changing. <laughs> Don't let me talk you into it. No, I mean, I, I just, and again, maybe I'm overanalyzing this one. It's, but I, I just, I hate everybody in that race. Like, I can't stand Vivi's dream. I, you know, this intricate horse is not, is interesting. Yeah, but it's, again, it's like I said, like that three foot was like the one where I was like, last time I was like, I, this horse is going to be, you know, really, really good. And then last time I thought it was just kind of like, yeah, Whatever, you know, not, 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 not good. No, I, I'm not, I'm not betting the one. Uh, if the one wins, I lose. All right, let's go to Sunday. Now we are going to Sunland Park. It's one of the few times every year we go to Sunland Park for the Sunland Derby race nine. Uh, the Sunland Derby is a grade three worth 400 K going a mile 16th for three year olds. And it is a Kentucky Derby prep race, 2010, six, four, two. So, you know, don't get you have 50 point race on Saturday and you go back to 20. <laughs> On Sunday, don't worry about it. It's a twenty-point race, guys. Uh, five to two on Stronghold for Diamato coming in here uh, from the West Coast. There, Informed Patriot three to one. You've got uh, a few in here that I think are interesting, but you got to go at least with between your. I mean, to me, it's like, is it Aspison? Is it is it Diamato? Or is it one of these quote unquote kind of locals? Kind of the the kind of new. I don't know if new shooters is the right word, but the no namers. Let's call them in this race. 
Yeah, listen, I think number eight informed Patriot is the one to beat. And I actually claimed him in the fantasy league, not because I think he's great, because I handicapped this race and said, well, shit, I think he may win it. And I don't have any horses, so I might as well try it. What's the worst that could happen, right? So um, I took him. Look, I, I watched all of his replays, um, you know, broke the maiden at going seven furlongs, went to the street since, ran pretty good behind liberal arts, who came back to run okay, ran in a tough allowance race, almost got the job done. Um, and then last time out in the Smarty Jones got beat by just steel and catching freedom. That's not that bad. Just steel came back to run second, uh, again in the yeah. Southwest. I mean, and then finally, like he got Rosario to go out there. I mean, that's gotta be worth something. So I, I think there's enough there to think inform Patriot is a pretty decent wager here. So I went with uh, number eight inform Patriot. Yeah. I, uh... The thing with the form Patriot that I, I can't decide on is if it's if it's a case where it's like, hey, you know, like we think he's pretty good, but this is the better fit for him here, or it's like, hey, he's not very good, but I do think he might be able to win this race, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I'm trying to decide really between that. I do agree that Rosario coming out there. I mean, it's a four hundred thousand dollar race, so it makes sense that he would come out there on a Sunday. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously they they think they can win this thing. I am going to try to beat him just based off of the fact that I'm guessing we're going to get fairly low um, odds on him. And I'm going to try to take, again, if they're, if they're similar prices, and I, I would take this, uh, the Aspison, but I'm going to go with the four, Lucky Jeremy. Uh, it's four to one on the morning line. I, I don't know if we get that, but hopefully it goes higher up more than that. But this is a horse that, kind of like the, the, the local hot, you know, um, hot horses, horse one on uh, one gate to wire, two back last time out, kind of similar, but uh, came off of it just a tad. But, you know, this is for uh, from, uh, William Morgan. This is a, a horse that just seems like is the, you know, I, so a lot of times I feel like with these, these Sunland races, it's like you got one or two of like the name horses that come in because they think they can steal it. And then you've got a bunch of the horses that you never heard of that, are running pretty well at Sunland. And this one to me feels like the horse that's running uh, maybe better than the rest. I like the fact that at least it was at Churchill and then we went to Sunland. Those were in restricted races at, at Churchill, but still. Um, but yeah, give me the the four Lucky Jeremy. I think this horse might be tough to catch on the front end. Looking at Lucky Horse should like to go in longer. We Neither one of us picked uh, Stronghold, the five horse. What, what were your kind of your thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, dude, I don't know what it, why I came totally against that horse. To be honest with you, like, because you, you look on paper, it's like, oh, he got beat by Nysos. That's great. I mean, he got smoked, but he still, I mean, that's anytime you have that on the, on the, on the, he beat track phantom in a main special way, right? Um, you know, two, last out, he went stock, you know, you know, he got beat him, but, um, Coach Prime was behind him, and you know, so it's like, why do I not like him? I, I think it's for me. It's just I don't see Diamato. You don't typically <clears throat> typically see Diamato with these kind of horses come out and have success with this. Yep, and that's where I was too. And I, I just watch his replays. I'm like, man, I just don't know that he's very good. You know, <laughs> but I, I think, I think he's. I think shot. he will run his race. I think he'll run second or third like i I, yeah. I would be to me out of the whole field i would say the horse i would be most confident in hitting the board is probably the five right because yeah he's done the same thing really if you look at his you know other than the race he you know the main special where he broke his maiden he's kind of ran the same race every single time and he yeah. just has ran in some tougher races the last couple 
So he's ran second and, you know, and beaten well, you know, well beaten. But you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of feels like he's going to run that 80 to 85 buyer. That's makes it. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And maybe that's good enough. I don't know. I, I Maybe it is. Which it might be. It might be. I just, I just have a hard time believing that it's that either the the eight informed patriot or like I said, my four, or any really any of the ones that are kind of these upsetters um, that can come in. I just, I think it's going to take more than that. Yep. To do that, so I, and, for, and and especially, I don't want to bet a horse that's going to be two to one or whatever at post time that I'm saying. Well, I don't think he's that good, but maybe it's just that's good enough to win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have that opinion of a horse when I, you know, betting uh, money on. So, yep. <laughs> all right, guys, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racedudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button in the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember, go get your hands on that Risen Star betting Bible. Again, not just me being a salesman here, but I can't think of a better one, at least as of recently. Uh, that would be to, to get because this is going to be such a good betting card. I, and I just, I haven't, Halter and I haven't gone over our opinions together yet, but I have a feeling that our bets are going to be pretty different because it just feels yeah. like that kind of card that so you're going to have a lot of betting options. Um, however, we st- structure our bets. So to me, it's that kind of card. You're going to get a lot of bets. Obviously, you're going to get top four picks from everybody at racingdudes.com as well. So you get a lot of insight on this thing. For a card that should be very challenging and possibly very rewarding so go get your hands on that uh we will have it po- it is available for sale currently the final version will probably be available by either late tonight early tomorrow morning friday morning so again odds just came out so we're restructuring everything and getting those uh all those plays inputted but yeah go get your hands on that you'll be the first to get it when it arrives uh, we're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can uh, also TikTok, by the way. You can find all episodes of Linkers Off by visiting our podcast page uh, on our YouTube channel. On any place you listen to podcasts, we are there. Go check out the Dudes Who Bet if you want to get some coverage of uh, the Super Bowl recap, like we talked about earlier. Halterman and his dad went over that. And then the Magic Mike show will be on later this afternoon uh, That during the Fairgrounds Pick 5. So you want the that really good Pick 5. That should be a hell of a show as far as how they're going to structure their pick fives in that sequence. So make sure you tune in to do our, uh, the Magic Mike show later on this afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Time. All right, Halterman, final thoughts, dude. Yeah, going to be a good weekend. Everybody have fun. Everybody have a good uh, rest of your Thursday. And uh, you've got all of me for today. I'm done with all my shows. So um, much, much love to all y'all. And yeah, join the Discord. A lot of fun. Yeah, Discord, Discord. It's a ton of people in there. It's growing, and it's uh, it, I mean, it is. I can't even keep up with it, to be honest with you. So, tons of going on. I, I, uh, it's fun to peruse because there's all kinds of categories in there, not just horse racing, but everything really you can think of. Uh, <laughs> there's topics about, and then, you know, again, like the day, like the Super Bowl, different games going on. There's always a discussion happening in the, in the Discord about uh, what's happening on. Uh, on the day or that game or whatever. So make sure you guys join the discord. There's the, uh, the link there. If you uh, are, you know, go to any of our bios and our social pages or at the bottom of our homepage, you can, you can see the link for the discord and uh, it's free. Yep. It's just, it's just a community discussion there, guys. All right, guys, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us again. Stay tuned uh, later on this afternoon for the magic Mike shows. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of blinkers off. Join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com 
and follow us on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the Racing Dudes.